Moving into a spiritual dimension. A sense of wow and wonder. I'm kind of praying about what I'm supposed to do with my life. All of us are connected in archdiocese. I have no idea what priests did during the day. We do take into account our Christian and Catholic values. From the Rome of the West, this is the Catholic Gateway Podcast. Your audio gateway into the Archdiocese of St. Louis. On each episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast, we'll tell the stories about the interesting people, places, and events that make up the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm Gabe Jones. Trusting in the Holy Spirit to guide our words, let's begin. June 23, 2018, Franklin County, Missouri. About 100 or 200 people have gathered at St. John the Baptist Catholic Church, a rural parish sitting atop one of the rolling hills in this area just south of the Missouri River. The original 10 acres of land for the church was donated by the Gildahouse family in 1848, and the name has stuck with the church ever since, as if John the Baptist shared in the last name. From the church's front steps, one can take in a breathtaking view, including miles of valleys and picturesque countryside. But the people here today aren't here to take in the view of the land. They're here to watch an epic battle of skill, strength, and agility in fierce competitions such as keg rolling, tire flipping, arm wrestling, and tug of war. All right, both, both teams are getting ready. Good, ready, set, go! This is the second annual German Games at St. John the Baptist Guildhouse. Though it's still very new, it has become quite the event. It's called the German Games because many members of this tight-knit community are direct descendants of German immigrants. Names like Strotman, Kleekamp, Halfrich, and Haberberger dot the cemetery and other memorials around the parish. Dairy farmer and judge for the day Dave Regal is one of the descendants. Dave's grandparents were one of the first seven German families to settle in the area. He attended the parish school, as did his children, and now his grandchildren. He says this new tradition has become an exciting way to celebrate the parish and its patron. Father Foy came up with the idea. He, he just wanted to celebrate John the Baptist um, feast day. And last year it just happened to fall on a Saturday. So he said, what better thing than to celebrate with uh, gathering and whether we make money or not, it's just rich, enriching the family of our parish. And it's another reason to get together and enjoy each other's company. You said you, didn't, you, didn't, you were here last year. Yes. Uh, has it grown since then? Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, well, they refine the uh, games a little bit better and make them more user friendly and and uh, and more, a little more exciting, cutting edge. Yeah. And it, it's proven out to be that way. It, it's working out really well this year so far. Same kind of games as last year? Uh, basically, yes. We we've eliminated a couple of them, but we refined like the the root beer that was uh, sped up a little bit, made it a little more exciting and a little more messy, which was that much more fun. 
the circle. Beat them runners, get another hey, ball, Sony. The liturgical calendar of the Roman Catholic Church celebrates the birthdays of only three individuals. Jesus Christ, of course, at Christmas, his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, in September, and that of John the Baptist on June 24th. Every other saint in the history of the church is celebrated on the day they died or some other important date in their life. For example, St. John Paul II's feast day is October 22nd, the anniversary of his papal inauguration. Of the three birthdays in the Roman calendar, Christmas, of course, comes to mind first, and the celebrations associated with the season. The Nativity of Our Lady, in America at least, takes a back seat to the celebration of her Immaculate Conception on December 8th, which is a holy day of obligation. Our Blessed Mother is also patroness of the Americas under that title of Immaculate Conception, so it makes sense to celebrate her in that way in our country. But what about the Feast of St. John the Baptist? You may not realize that you might have actually commemorated it, though sort of unintentionally and indirectly. Allow me to explain. With science. Historians often claim that the early church fathers sought to Christianize pagan celebrations in order to make Christianity more relevant and accepted. Hence, one supposed criticism of our celebration of Christmas on December 25th is that it's more than likely not the actual date of Christ's birth. But what does occur around December 25th? The Northern Hemisphere's winter solstice, which marks the day with the shortest period of sunlight and the longest night. A reminder, for the sake of clarity, in the southern hemisphere, the winter solstice occurs during June, so that would have the shortest daylight, and the summer solstice occurs in December, which would mark the day with the longest period of light. That's all in the southern hemisphere, though. The early church fathers, of course, lived in the northern hemisphere, so the date of Christmas became December 25th. It was set right around the winter solstice to remind us that Christ, the light of the world, entered into a world darkened by sin, so that we might be able to share in the light of eternal life. The amount of daylight in the days following the winter solstice slowly increases until the summer solstice, which in the northern hemisphere is right around June 21st every year, and St. John the Baptist's feast day is then celebrated on June 24th. Now, a quick side note, you might be wondering why John the Baptist's feast is on June 24th instead of June 25th, which would be exactly six months before or after Christmas. The short answer is that It has something to do with the Roman method of counting. There's a great article explaining more about St. John the Baptist's feast day at catholicculture.org, and you can find that link in the podcast description. Now, not only is June 24th six months before Christmas, just as John was six months older than his cousin, Jesus, but it also commemorates John the Baptist's important role to prepare the way of the Lord. Since the light begins to increase after the winter solstice and Christmas, So the summer solstice is the point at which the amount of daylight each day begins to diminish. Now recall John the Baptist's words from Scripture before he was executed by Herod. He must increase, I must decrease. As always, the church in her wisdom uses the calendar, both the natural calendar and liturgical, to teach us something. And not only that, but the calendar provides a framework around which we can build our lives. 
For two millennia, the Feast of John the Baptist and other important feast days have been celebrated around the Christian world in various ways, and they help to form strands of culture that weave together with other local customs and ideas to form a rich tapestry that can be handed down from generation to generation. America, however, has missed out on appropriating some of those traditions. We've created plenty of truly American traditions, to be sure, but so many of these American traditions lack a strong connection to our Christian faith. That's why something like the German games at St. John the Baptist is so unique and necessary. Here's Pastor Father Timothy Foy. Culture-wise, you know, we need to have a strong Catholic culture. I think for, for many people to really have a chance to, to really live and breathe the gospel. And so anything we can do, so we're trying to think of events, and we can connect, kind of connect our parish to the wider community and whatnot. Um, so we were thinking about different kind of brainstorming, what can we come up with and do. And Something besides we, just like a softball tournament. Sure, you know, exactly. We have a strong German heritage around here. And I'd seen, you know, well, I wasn't German, but I'd seen different things on, you know, years back. You know, there's like the Celtic games or the Celtic classic, whatever they call it, where they, they're tossing kegs and they're throwing cabers and stuff like that. Just kind of, you know, you know all around the Irish kind of uh, spirit of things. But, you know, why couldn't we do something that was kind of strongman stuff with a German flair? And, uh, you know, there's also a lot of, already a lot of Oktoberfest kind of things, which wouldn't be hard to draw from. So we picked some Oktoberfest sort of events that would fit with our group, like the root beer race. We kind of modified it for root beer, but the and the uh, the keg roll was, was an Oktoberfest event, I believe. And you're doing it near the Feast of St. John the Baptist, on the vigil exactly. of St. John the Baptist. Right, exactly. Exactly. We were thinking about St. Boniface, but there was already the weekend of another parish uh, festival. So when, uh, when Tom, yeah, St. John the Baptist would be fitting be perfect. Last year was on the actual feast day. This year we're kind of getting ready for the psyched up for tomorrow because it's on Sunday and everyone's celebrating all over the world. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be trying to celebrate, you know, the closest Saturday to the something like that, closest Saturday or something like that to the to St. John the Baptist, uh, I think, annually. Here's how the German games work. Groups of men register as a team and compete in a number of physical challenges and activities to win prizes for their wives, girlfriends, or daughters. So it's not a focus on the man himself. I mean, like, the thing is, yes, it's men only out there competing in these teams, but really they're leaning on each other, competing for their brothers, so to speak, but they're also competing. Any prize that they get is a prize that's really... Uh, designed for their wife or girlfriend. So there's um, like a, a manicure, I think, for, I can't know if it's arm wrestling or whatever, you know, there's, so different kind of things. Uh, I think the, the race, if you, won the, if you won the 5K, you got a horseback riding for two, you don't have to run anymore, <laughs> horseback riding for two. But I mean, the idea is you're, it's not the focus on you, the focus is on what, you know, how can you offer something for your beloved, so to speak. So there's that, the chivalry aspect of the whole thing. The day begins with 8 a.m. mass, after which is a 5K which anyone can compete in, but all the teams need to have at least one representative. After the 5K, the teams compete in various competitions, some individually and some together. The competitions include a keg roll, arm wrestling, tire flipping, archery, tug of war, a root beer stein race, and the famed German Ninja Warrior Obstacle Course, a fun spin on the American Ninja Warrior TV show, complete with rope swings, a balance beam, and a 20-foot climbing wall at the end. It even has an air horn for competitors to sound when they reach the top of the wall. Second-year competitor and reigning tire-flipping champ Austin Strotman struggled to make it to the end of the Ninja Warrior course. You're having some trouble there. Uh, yes, sir. Start off real good. I knew that was going to be a problem. I was practicing earlier. Yeah. It wasn't going so good. Yeah. You, you, look, you look good at the beginning, and then it just sort of... Yeah, I was practicing earlier. I knew 
knew that wasn't going to work out so good for me, but uh, we, gave her, we gave her a whirl anyway. Harder, harder than it looked. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Tell me, uh, just describe what happened here. Well, <laughs> these five ropes are, uh, yeah, they're tricky. I couldn't get around them. They kept getting caught up yeah. in the ropes. And uh, watching other people do it, they make it look so much easier. A lot of upper body strength. Is oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of grip strength and everything. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I think I've already got uh, yeah, blisters going of blisters. on my hand. Did, I mean, this is after doing tug of war and arm uh, wrestle. Tire flipping, flip. arm wrestling, yeah, all the other events we've had out here today. Austin attended St. John the Baptist School through 8th grade, went off to college, moved back, and now works the family feed and seed business. Soon he'll be getting married in the church. Even though he came in second in the tire flipping contest this year, he was happy to see so many people enjoying the event at his home parish. So um, what's it like competing in this, though? I mean, is, is oh, this competition's great. You know, I, I'm a competitive person, so it, uh, I love it. And I tell a lot of people that people love it, too. It's great. It really brings the parish together and outside parishes. Oh, yeah. yeah really, I know there's a few. Uh, uh, Lords is here and yeah. ICD. And yep. <clears throat> yeah, there's, uh, they said there's another priest was here with uh, the Team Finish Parish and stuff, so it's great to get everybody together for things like this. Other competitors, like Alex Hagen, weren't quite sure what to expect from the event. I honestly, I, I woke up this morning thinking I was just going to go eat sausage and drink beer, but I didn't know we were, I, I did not bring my beer drinking, you know, I brought my beer drinking shorts, I did not bring my athletic shorts, but it, it's been a blast. Good crowd, it's a lot of fun. Father Foy's initial vision for the celebration of John the Baptist didn't just include sport. Throughout the weekend, there is food, German beer, sausage tasting competition, and lots of fellowship, including a polka dance and a bonfire. And you, you had polka last night. We did. We had a great polka dance. It was the Lennig German band. We had run, rescheduled them. We originally had them tonight, like last year. We had them over the after the after the games. So so tonight though, there's a tradition a of bonfire. having a bonfire. And, yeah, there's a ancient tradition of a bonfire. Christ, John the Baptist is the light, kind of uh, going before Christ. And uh, and so there's a bonfire and tradition just before his birthday, and so yeah we'll have that this evening. Hopefully it'll get a little bit dark and we'll uh, we'll light it up and have a big uh, a big bonfire with a, with a flaming arrow. So okay, that's the plan. With a flaming arrow, like yeah, you know, that's you're just a, light that's, it with an arrow. Like yeah, exactly. Okay, a lit flaming arrow. Hopefully we'll light the bonfire. Okay. It all makes for quite the experience, both for the spectators and the participants. Alex Hagen, who won the arm wrestling competition and the Ninja Warrior course agreed. I don't know anybody here but my team, but it's a very welcoming environment. Um, it's been great weather, which I mean, you know, can't really bank on that, but um, everybody's been so welcoming, so nice. It's it's good competition. It's good competition. It's not competitive to the point where people are getting each other's, you know, shorts trying to talk smack or anything. Um, beer is great. Sausage is great. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a good, you can tell this is a strong community. It's, it's been a good community event, I think. Yeah. If you feel like you missed out, Father Foy says everyone is invited next year. Well, I mean, everybody's invited to the, to the third annual, God willing, German Games uh, around the Feast of John the Baptist. It's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun seeing everybody come together and, and root on everybody and everybody seems to have a good time. If you want to read more about the German Games, the St. Louis Review provided coverage and photos of the day in the July 2nd through 8th, 2018 edition, which is also online at stlouisreview.com. A link to that story will be in the podcast description. The website for the German Games at St. John the Baptist Gilda House is germangames.org. Check there later for information about the third annual German Games coming up in June 2019.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter, at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram, at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram, under the handle, at St. Louis Review. That's St. Louis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis. Music